Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. (sighs) (laughs) Are you ready to go? Apparently. I am. Let's light this candle. (laughs) I've been dealing with a lot of entropy recently. It always seems to happen at the same time, just things breaking and... <laughs> so many things okay. need fixing jason and it's not technology for once it's all just like life stuff so good uh, times mine's just my body if you can fix that then we're in <laughs> yeah well we've been talking about ubi quite often on the show and the the small little uh tests that have occurred and i little i didn't even know santa monica has been trying it out for a little bit now there was a report on kcrw our local uh station here that uh santa monica has been trying out ubi on seniors here because seniors are one of the fastest demographics that's falling into homelessness so santa monica is giving some of its low-income seniors a monthly check ranging from 200 to 700 dollars so they're less likely to be forced out of this expensive city here rents sky high and all that it's gone so well apparently that santa monica is going to expand the program to include a couple hundred seniors from a couple dozen originally that's good i like that can you guess what my problem is here uh, they all have to ride bird scooters to pick up their checks? <laughs> no, you can't call it universal basic income unless you're universally applying it, or at least universally to a demographic. If they were giving, say, everybody over the age of 65 in, registered in Santa Monica that money, then okay, you can call it universal. If you're giving it to a couple dozen people, don't call it universal. That's just semantics. Yes, That's it semantics. is. But I, semantics are important, Jason. Words matter. Well, they used to anyways. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait, wait, wait a second. No, emojis <laughs> matter now. Eggplants matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Santa Monica isn't the only city to be doing this. Stockton's been working on this for quite some time now. And uh, mm-hmm. they're, they have an experiment. It's an 18-month experiment. They've got about 10 months to go. And they're finding out from their studies for mm-hmm. $500 a month, uh, most people are paying their bills and buying gas and food. Wait, they're not squandering it away on 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 streaming services like everybody claims people are going to do uh or buying you know heroin or meth but (laughs) or booze uh i mean it's the problem with this study is that it's a little bit skewed because yeah you do have that 500 dollars a month and it comes on a prepaid mastercard Mm -hmm. so so it can be tracked you know so the people doing the experiment can track them yes the the sample size just like yours is very small 125 people to do the test and there Mm -hmm. are some Definitely statistical issues around uh, their findings. But, you know, since Stockton is so screwed already, they're just like, screw it, we'll try something new. Let's give it a shot. Right. And it seems to be doing okay. But, yeah, they're spending it on food, clothes, and utility bills, which, you know, if you're broke, that's where you need to spend the money. Exactly. Well, I'm just really glad that people are still giving this a shot because it seemed to go by the wayside for quite some time. Well, everybody, you know, the Yang gang, Andrew Yang, who's running for president, is big up on this, but he had to rename it something like Freedom Cash or something ridiculous because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sad coin. That's what that'll be. <laughs> uh, you get an ICO. You get an ICO. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, but yeah, as soon as he started talking about it, I started to ignore it because right. I'm like, you're going you're gonna to be gone soon. I don't need to listen to you. You're not well, even. That is the point of these fringe candidates is to push uh, certain things into the mainstream. So we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> speaking of things that might not go, uh, Libra back in the news big time. Mm-hmm. So Visa, MasterCard, Stripe, and eBay all quit on the same day. It's not us, it's you, Libra. That's uh, so. some big pink slips. Yeah, they're just, it's regulation. We're telling you, it's the regulators who are coming in and saying, look, man, you guys want to go down this road. We're just going to have to look under the hood everywhere. That's right. That is exactly right. And that's why everybody's bailing, because they all got some dirty laundry. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but Libra is claiming that they have 180 potential replacements for the mutineers, (laughs) people who are bailing. Uh, Diet coin. I don't know, man. (laughs) Yeah. The thing about it is, man, it's like those were those were some big hitters. It's not yeah. like there are that many of those that are just going to be rushing in to to fill that void. Especially not. I mean, you're looking at you know kind of major financial institutions that have all pulled out. So, good luck. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. They had their big meeting in Geneva, and they actually have a board now. So we'll see how this goes. They have a board of directors, and uh, 
Facebook's head of crypto, uh, David Marcus, is on there. And Dreesen Horowitz is Katie Juan. David Marcus? Isn't that Captain Kirk's son? Is it? You're the trivia guy. From Star Trek for Wrath of Khan. Carol, Carol Marcus, he had the affair with him. David Marcus was his son. Ah, well, there you have it. He died okay. by Khan. Khan! In the news... Remember that bright, shiny day, oh, six, eight months ago when Facebook said they're going to take things seriously and they're going to police their own platform and gear up for the election? I do, but, uh, you know, the news has kind of changed a little bit, so I've forgotten about that day. Because yeah. It seems like things are different now. Well, yes, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about how Facebook has basically thrown its hands up in the air and said, you know what, we're not going to do any of that. You're on your own. And that is continuing. Facebook is refusing to take down a Trump ad that is making false claims about Joe Biden, and so are YouTube and Twitter and most news networks. Yay. Well, here's the thing. Hmm. I, 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 I've had my mind changed about this. I okay. think this is actually a good thing. All right. Because, and here's the thing, well, you know, now they're standing behind freedom of speech on this, <laughs> but here's the thing. It's like, okay, if they start taking down everybody's ads, then you don't know who's trying to lie. So if it's an open forum for everybody, you can see how many politicians have lied in their ads and how many have not. And people can actually do their own due diligence on it to see what kind of scumbags they're going to elect or not. Ah, see, there's the there's the rub, though. They would have to do due diligence. <laughs> well, there are a lot of people doing that due diligence. Otherwise, we never would have heard of this story. True, true. But we read papers. When was the last time you read a paper? Well, digital papers. There you go. <laughs> and the people that don't, they listen to podcasts like us. So give them the skinny on this ad. All right. Well, there you go. The Trump campaign has released a 30-second video ad accusing the former vice president of promising Ukraine money for firing a prosecutor investigating a company with ties to Biden's son, Hunter Biden, essentially the false conspiracy at the center of the impeachment inquiry President Trump is now facing. So no different than any of his other lies that it's on Twitter, except this is a packaged ad that's being blasted in the face of everybody that doesn't use ad blockers. Oh, ad blockers. Everybody should use those things. Yes, they They're should. fantastic. So the Biden campaign asked Facebook to take the ad down because it is patently untrue. But the platform said, nope, we're going to leave it up. And it doesn't actually violate any of Facebook's policies, which I suppose is true. It You know, you can't stop people from lying, but uh, you could not take their money for it. Well, here's the thing. The Biden <laughs> campaign can sue. That's why we have yes. libel and slander laws. You know, they can true, sue. True, true. Facebook's also in the news this week because I, I still haven't found any anybody following up on this report yet. But Facebook seems to be locking out users who file complaints about fake accounts. Mm -hmm. So and it doesn't it's not just politics. It's all across the board. So if you go in, you say, hey, this account's fake in about, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, your account can be blocked. Hmm. And of course, when you go and try and talk to Facebook, nobody's going to answer you. And when you try and do this security check that asks for your ID to say, yes, I'm really this person. Well, apparently there's a bug in the form and people can't <laughs> even finish. So they're so just locked out. Shoddy programming is locking people out. And of course, there's no customer service to go to. Exactly. So I found this over at Bleeping Computer and uh, nobody from Facebook has gotten back to them. So it is a developing story. All right. Also developing or underdeveloping, Uber has laid off another 350 workers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're saying it's difficult, but necessary. They've, they're losing so much money. They need to, you know, they need to really tighten the belt. And this one is just, I mean, it's like, you know, less than a percent of their workforce. So, so are you saying really that not giving birthday balloons wasn't enough money saved? Apparently not. You got to get rid of the people <laughs> who have the birthdays now, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is not surprising. <laughs> you know, they they're in trouble. They're they're a failing company. No matter how many billions they're considered to be worth, they are a failing company. They spend too much money. They don't make enough. And at some point, you got to stop being a unicorn. You got to start being a real goddamn company. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> see. Uh, Toyota just gave them uh, another billion dollar or part of a billion dollar investment for in the self-driving unit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. But the layoffs are from the self-driving unit, <laughs> which is interesting. It's not all the self-driving unit, but they have they have made cuts there as well. Right. Interesting. It would make more. It would really make more sense to have Uber just take all that money that they're getting in and just reinvest it in a self-driving company instead of trying to roll their own because it's obviously not working, guys. No, it is not. So maybe it's time to cut that cord. Yeah. Well. 
Maybe it's just time to cut the self-driving cord for a while anyway. Go back <laughs> to the lab, please. Yeah. And I saw some news that I know is probably going to bother you a little bit, or at least directly affect you. Samsung has decided to stop making Blu-ray players. Doesn't affect me in the least. I, I have an Xbox One. Fan. Oh, okay. Well, I let's... am. I've got a, yeah, an Xbox One that has a Blu-ray player. At some point, I'm sure they will stop making them as well because, you oh, know. Oh, yes. So yeah. that's going to happen. So your your much prized Blu-ray collection is going the way of the dodo, apparently. Ah, they look good on the wall. I'm going to keep them. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, I like show art. I like show art a lot. And most of the time, all of these Blu-rays that I have here right now mm-hmm. have all been digitized at the highest res you possibly can. So they're sitting <laughs> on my Synology. So whenever I want to watch one, put it on the background, I go to the Synology. I, don't, I do I did my Blu-ray. Uh, shelf on my my bookshelf is for dusting only that's (laughs) for dusting only excellent yes yeah well there's a good article over at the wall street journal when this came out they basically did an opinion piece and they found one person that is very into having actual physical product and one person that does not give a crap and is all about streaming so you get kind of both viewpoints and it was very good i mean the person who is into having the blu-rays and all that is very much like you um it's it's all just like i like this it's a it's a point of pride. This is my life. I've invested time and money in this, and it's a cultural accessory that helps you establish your sense of identity, and it's good to have it. And the only argument he didn't get into, which is my big argument, is I liked having a curated collection that I could view easily, and it is very mm-hmm. difficult to do that in digital media. So he didn't mention that, but I would say that's a big one. And the against is, of course, uh, the theoretical that you'll have access to underground gems that otherwise would have stayed hidden. Uh, There's just so much more streaming available than you would ever get at a video store or anything like that. Yes, but again, it's the curation aspect and it's discovery aspect. It's so damn hard to find things other than through word of mouth these days. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it just, there's just too much shit to go through. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I'm old. I don't really care that much about it anymore. It's like, <laughs> I, I like having what I like. And, you know, if a new movie comes out, I'm probably going to watch it once and I'll be done with it. But the old classics that I grew up with, I want to see over and over again. Or just throw them on the background because they're like a warm blanket. Right. And so I, you know... Here's the deal. It'll just make it easier to find Blu-rays at your local, you know, garage sales or whatnot. I, we had an article not too long ago where we were talking about a guy who was going around buying up CDs yeah, and restocking his whole collection with those, which, you know, you can probably get those like a buck per metric ton. Pretty so much. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're probably all scratched. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the problem. Remember having you had those little things that you had to put the solution on and then you turn it. And it oh, would, yeah. It oh, was yeah. supposed to clean it, but it would always make it worse. Yes. Never really did anything. Yeah, the the I don't know if you did this one. Uh, Carmex was the greatest trick for fixing scratch discs. Carmex worked <laughs> perfectly. You put some Carmex on it, rub it down with a cloth, and boom, back in well, business. There was a handy life hack from 1990. Exactly. <laughs> Nowadays, what you want to do is you want to do the Carmex. You want to wipe it down, and then you know use it as a coaster so it doesn't stain your table because nobody's got a damn CD player anymore. Nope. <laughs> no, I have. I did get one. It's in a box that's like a USB CD DVD player, just in case for that just one disc at one time. Well, see, I didn't go that far. I just figured if I absolutely positively need it, I can probably get one same day from Amazon. I ended up getting that same day from Amazon because there was one time when I needed it, and that's I've used it once, and it went back in the box, and now it's sitting in a box in a closet somewhere. But I know it's there. I don't have to worry about that one. Oh man. And uh, some Scoot Scoot news. Oh, joy. Yeah, another Uber ex-exec has uh, decided to start his own company now. Just what and, we need, another scooter company. Yeah, this one is a, uh, a micro-mobility autonomy company. He wants to make all of the scoots out there able to drive themselves back to their charging docks. What so could what possibly he's... go wrong? So, I mean, we've talked about them trying this out before but this is the first time we've seen a a third-party company that is out there trying to trying to do this and i love it if you don't have a three-world scooter you think you know that can stand on its own Mm -hmm. you get like robotic training wheels that will (laughs) that will automatically come down when it's in you know autonomous mode and then they'll flip up when the riders are on it all right okay Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're saying, because uh, there's also some other stuff they have to put on. It's like a, a couple pieces of equipment, two phone cameras, a piece of radar, a processor, and a motor. Another motor, apparently. So, 
I just love this with the robotic training wheels. I'm like, how long do you think those are going to last? Not and- long. I mean, the one thing I like about this is he does come, the, the, the CEO does come out and say, we only wanted to deploy in cities that want this and have given us written permission. If the cities say yes, then the operators say yes. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's so many different, again, we don't have the infrastructure for this sort of stuff. Where are you, you're going to have to put, you're going to have to put in parking zones somewhere for these scooters. That's what you always wanted. You wanted docks, Brian. This this would make it so they have to have docks. Well, good. Get on it then. But you're going to have to do more than just get permission from the city. You're going to have to work with them to establish these areas. You're going to. This is a full on, you know, city planning issue. It's not third party companies just going. All right, look, these little things are going to scoot over to that corner and park themselves. No, you got to go work with city planning. It's a big deal. Brian, nobody does that anymore. Don't be silly. But this is why this is 1950. I mean, come on, man. There's no city engineers, no city planners. It's just like, eh, <laughs> wherever it goes, it goes. Yes. So my issue with this, I love it. It's called Tortoise, which is yes. a terrible name. Horrible. Terrible name. Also, this is not a product. This is a feature. Right. This is this is something that any of the scooter makers can just do themselves, which is mm-hmm. what they were doing already before these guys came out. You know, there's no way that this thing lasts. It, it's going to get... You know, they might get to beta, get a few units out there with somebody, and one of the scooter companies is just going to buy them. Yeah, pretty and much. That's it. You know, or the main people who make all these stupid scooters anyway are going to start sending out units with that already built in, or buy three wheeled scooters. Because I'm sure the turnover rate on these scooters is massive. They, I mean, what do they last like a month or two at most in the wild? Definitely, they're either in this city. <laughs> yeah, seriously, before they're in the canal or the ocean or on fire. Yep. So. You know, just replace everything with three-wheeled scooters. Or how how about this? How about don't replace them at all and just go away? (laughs) That'd be wonderful. Media Candy. So, Brian, I've been sick for like what feels like a month and a half now. Yes. So I've been, my my media upswing (laughs) on my consumption has been ridiculous. Uh, So I did watch El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie over the weekend. All right. I have never seen reviews so split on something before in my life. As I've been I've been considering watching it. Half the reviews I read are it's amazing and wonderful and it's just like being back and watching Breaking Bad again, and the other half are like it's horrible, don't ever do this, just leave your memories as they were. See, the interesting thing here, I want you to look at those reviews like if you can sneak back at them at some point and see mm-hmm. if the men really like it and the women really don't. Okay. Because we had a we had a split review in our house. Oh. I I uh, completely adored it. I All thought right. it was fantastic. I loved the pacing. I loved just about everything about it. My roommate thought it was meh, hmm. and she you know she was just like yeah it was okay. I don't see what the big deal was about. I'm like I loved it. Everything about it was great. <laughs> but you know it's I, I didn't know if it was a guy girl thing. So I'd be interested to see if any of your reviews have that same split. Well, I'll be able to tell you shortly because my wife and I will watch it at some point. I haven't watched it yet because she hasn't had the time and there's no way I'm going to watch this one without her because she'll kill me. So <laughs> you won't have a wife. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I've got a, I'm going to hold off a bit, but uh, I'll be watching it and I will report whenever we do about this if the split continues. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that because uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it and I, I might actually go back and watch it again because there's a lot in there that I... You know, might have missed because I was on a lot of cold meds when I was watching it. That all, but we would see. I was going to say we could we could say that I was the one on cold meds and she wasn't, but we were both jacked out of our mind on Dayquil, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> awesome. Well, a uh, trailer for Lost in Space season two has dropped, and I quite enjoyed it. I, I forgot how much I actually liked that show. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So it'll be returning to Netflix on December 24th dropping the full second season of course so we can all binge it but it looked good it was a nice little trailer yeah i'm i'm actually kind of excited about it It looks really really good so hopefully they'll stick with the uh the same quality of script writing for it because that's really what it comes down to i mean it's a pretty show but you know there are a lot of really nice pretty shows that don't have a a pot to piss in when it comes to stories like that Mm -hmm. katie sackoff one yeah (laughs) i know you liked it but i just didn't i wouldn't say i liked it i just didn't hate it as much as you did (laughs) 
You you thought it was more tolerable than I did. Yes, See, I found it tolerable. It's your Mr. Robot. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, which I can't stand anymore. Yeah, so. I can't. It's, it's like I I couldn't stand her show, and I can still stand Mr. Robot. But uh, yeah. although I've got it, I've got a, one in the can on the DVR, so that you know every week is a crapshoot. It might might make me stop, <laughs> but with this much in, I don't think I'll I'll yeah. stop. Um. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got some uh, overthinking it nerd news. I found this on Business Insider, which I thought was great. Warp speeds in Star Trek are achingly slow, and a simple animation by a former NASA scientist proves it. So, James O'Donohue, who is a former NASA scientist, animated warp speed velocities in the solar system using the Enterprise spaceship. He posted his video on Twitter earlier, I think last week. And the animation shows it take nearly 10 seconds to reach Pluto and 18 hours to reach the nearest star at close to maximum warp speed. The planetary scientist says he feels despair about the distances and speeds involved in space travel and in part made the animation to make everybody else feel as bad as me. So I think this guy's <laughs> title at NASA had to be Chief Wet Blanket. So I'm like, you're a dick. He's a true grumpy old geek, Jason. <laughs> I know, I know. We should have him on the show. Yeah, I watched the animation and it bummed me out too. I was like, we are never, ever, ever getting to another planet. It's just never going to happen. Not going to happen. No. <laughs> there no. will never be a Star Trek future. No, but hey, you know, take what you can get. Seriously. <laughs> That's why it's called suspension Have you seen of what we get? This planet sucks. <laughs> well, we're, we'll talk more about space travel soon. I got, okay. I got, another, I got another story <laughs> coming up. Uh, I did go back to Goliath season three. And right? you never got into that, right? No, I've I haven't watched it. I I've had a couple of friends tell me it's really good, but I I can't stand uh, what's his face, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, I'm not a Billy oh. Bob fan, so I have a and since it's all basically him being him, I don't think I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't really a fan of his before I watched the show, and I thoroughly enjoy it. He's changed my mind about him, but I'm just happy season three is not in that damn hotel in Santa Monica anymore. <laughs> Especially since I went to the bar when I was doing jury duty and I found out how crappy that bar actually is. It totally ruined the first two seasons for me. I'm like, the food here is terrible. <laughs> God, it was so bad. But uh, I'm a couple episodes into season three and actually thoroughly enjoying it. All right. So, At some point, maybe I'll give it a go. Yeah, you probably won't. No, because I really you, you, don't like him. If you don't, then you know yeah. it's that's fine. It's like uh, what that show. Uh, it's not Chef, but uh, the new one on Netflix with the guy that we both don't like. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the swingers dude. Can't remember. Yeah, his name. yeah, yeah, that uh, Iron Man, Mister Iron Man. Yes, uh, I finished the season, second season of that one, and I I enjoyed it as well. Okay, <laughs> you know I liked it better than the first season because the first season had uh, Gwyneth Paltrow in the first episode. And, yeah, baking her vagina eggs. Oh God! And Bill Burr was in that one too. And I'm like, even Bill Burr couldn't save it. That's how goopy, <laughs> that's how goopy it was. Right. But uh, yeah, season two of that was uh, actually quite enjoyable. They they get out and about quite a bit, but uh, worth worth the watch. Anyway, moving on. Mm -hmm. We got some blockchain news, Brian. Oh joy! Now I don't know if this site is pronounced Audius or Adios because it's <laughs> probably going to be going Adios pretty soon. Right. This is a blockchain-based music streaming service that uh, says they finally pay attention to indie artists' needs. And oh, it's also they? full of pirated shit. Sweden in the <laughs> blockchain. And here's, here's the, <laughs> the lovely side effect of everything being on the blockchain. If somebody posts a copyrighted song, they can't remove it because right. it's on the blockchain. You know, sometimes you do want to get rid of things. Yeah, sometimes like, you yeah. want to be able to edit, particularly when you're dealing with copyright issues. Oh, oh, Brian, Brian, no, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> this isn't editing anymore. It is. It has a new word. Hmm. You cannot be deplatformed. Oh, because <laughs> everybody's a fucking platform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. And uh, what are you going to do about this shit? This these these people won't be around much longer. And they're they're trying to skirt the copyright laws, saying. Technically, we don't host it because anybody can sign up for the service and run a, a node. Right. And the nodes are the ones that share all the files. It's, you know, it's yep. distributed file sharing. It's very much like uh, not not BitTorrent, but Napster. Eh, I guess a, yeah, Napster I was about to say it's like a high end Napster. Yeah, exactly. You know, thievery for the rich and famous. Mm hmm. So I don't know if this is going to be around very long. At I all, do so. not believe that the music labels will be very fond of this. 
Yeah, but I mean, there's like I said, they're trying to skirt the copyright by saying they're not a platform. So the the labels are going to have to go spend more money on lawyers to get these guys taken down, which means less money for the artist. So well, at least my you, wife will be busy. Yeah, that's true. I'm like, so audience, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. The best intentions go to hell with the yeah. rest of them. Yep. And uh, well, how often do you go to movie theaters these days, Jason? Unfortunately, not as much as I'd like to. Ah, well, you don't have to anymore. AMC Entertainment, the largest theater chain in the world, will soon be offering movies to stream at home, according to the New York Times. We kind of knew this was going to happen. Well, I mean, every studio on the planet is already going to be doing this in the next six months. So is Netflix already. So is Amazon. So why do we need another one? Well, they'll get it a little bit sooner. I, it's They're going to basically put in things that are just finishing their theatrical run, but before that window where they show up on the current streaming services, they've made deals. So kind of like they're kind of like they're airplanes. It's an airplane streaming service where they get the movie just before it goes on streaming and you can stream it at home. Okay. So they're basically leveraging their position as the theater owners to strong arm the basically the studios into giving them an exclusivity window so they can also sell it and kick back. I see Bingo. what they're doing there. Bingo. Yeah. Makes total sense for them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Until one day that the theaters aren't necessary anymore because nobody goes out. But we know people still go out. I mean, they people spend billions of dollars a year at the theater. So not as much I, as they used to. But yes, there's something to be said for the communal experience and the big movies and the big screens. When I was in Chicago, my friend Demon and I, we would go to a movie every week. And hey, it was friend great. What? Demon. His name is Demon. Yeah. Okay, El okay. Demon. We call him El Demon. Uh, but we would go every Wednesday. We would go catch a matinee, you know, spend 10 bucks, skip the popcorn. Right. But they did have beer. So go there, have a tall boy, sit in the theater and see what's new. It was enjoyable. And, you know, they had the recliners and, you know, you get to pick your seats. It was kind of like it was it was a Midwest version of the Arclight. Right. So you have really nice seats, but then you have a 400 pound woman sitting next to you eating nachos in a plastic <laughs> bag that you want to stab in the face. So there, there is the ups and the downs. So some days you get the nachos, some days you get the silence. Right. Yeah. But uh, I, I, it's a smart move on their part. It's just I wish the studios could just skip them and do it. But this is a this is a strong arm move from AMC. I finished Greg Bear's Legacy, which is technically Eon Series Book 3, but actually it's a prequel, so it's relabeled as Book 1. Okay, shouldn't it be Book Point Five? <laughs> I don't know. So it is what it is. I, what I, so it's the third book in the series, and it's three total. He finished writing these a long time ago, and that's that. There will be no more. Uh, this was Diminishing Returns. I, I really enjoyed Eon, which is Book Two, but technically Book One. Uh, book Three, uh, Eternity, which is technically Book Two, was not as good as Book One, which is technically Book Two. And this one was the worst of them all. So it was diminishing returns on the series. I still stand by the first book, Eon, uh, which is the only book that I'd read previously, which is what made me go and get the rest of the series. Should have just left it with the first one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll stick to the first one if I get around to it. Yes. First if one was great. Everything oh, after that. In fact, it, it really did. The first one really did remind me, and I forgot to bring this up when I when I first talked about it. Um, what was those uh, the books, the long uh, remember the long universe or all that sort of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, the long earth is what long it started earth. with. Yes, yeah. very eon, very similar in in concept to that. So it was really oh, interesting. Man. I haven't thought about that long earth series in a God, long time. God, they were time. great, I, weren't they? I want to go back and reread those. I think those were. <laughs> I just got chills thinking about those. That was that was such a great series. Yeah, it really was. Such a yeah, just such a mind fuck. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, if you would, you will enjoy the first. The, the, you will enjoy eon then. I definitely okay. think you should read that one. Don't bother with the rest of the series. Okay. Easily, easily done. <laughs> I don't need more shit to read, <laughs> which you'll see here in a second. Uh, first book I read this week was A Curious Mind, The Secret to a Bigger Life by Brian Grazer and Charles Fishman. Interesting. I, I Brian Grazer was on a couple podcasts that I listened to recently talking about doing, doing the rounds to promote it. And it sounds very interesting. Uh, this, actually, he was promoting his new book. This is his previous book. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I found out Jordan Harbinger tuned me on. He did an interview with Brian Grazer, so he was just like, he was a cool dude, very cool dude. Uh, so I'm like, okay, I'll check out the book, and it's it's an okay book. It's short, 
um, it, it basically goes around a lot of his career, mm-hmm. which it's kind of it's kind of a biography at its heart. But it talks about these curious conversations that he has with you know lots of very famous people. Right. And it's really fun. Some of them, he just basically gets like shut down in the middle of it. And <laughs> people walk away from him like, you did not prepare for this at all. We're leaving. <laughs> and uh, I, I, but for the most part, it was, it's a it's a cute, fun little book. If you just want something light to, you know, break up the break up the monotony of all the sci fi and crap that you're reading. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed it. I like Brian Grazer. He's a character. A very smart dude. Done a lot of stuff. Um, now, this next one, Brian, though, mm-hmm. this one is in our wheelhouse. <laughs> it's called Rebooting AI, Building Artificial Intelligence We Can Trust by Gary Marcus and Ernest Davis. All right. Now, I found out about Gary Marcus because I was listening to Penn Sunday School, and he did a two-part with him. And the the premise of the book is that, well... We're just not there. We're not going to be there. Mm-hmm. AI and machine learning is completely going down the wrong track. You need to burn it down and start from scratch right. if you want to have actual artificial intelligence. And, you know, step by step along the way, they tear down just about everything that's out there. And, I mean, very intelligent guys, very intelligent guys. And they say that, if you know, in the future, if this is what we're going to have to do. These are the hard problems we're going to have to solve to mm-hmm. make this stuff work. And it's, it's an, it's an incredible book. I thoroughly enjoyed it from start to finish because it's everything that we've been saying for the most part. Hey, uh, Monte Carlo and decision trees. And you know, there's this, the silliness of deep learning, which is just, you know, pattern recognition and all that good stuff. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing that really bummed me about it though. At mm-hmm. the very end, it dawned on me. We are going to be so long gone by the time that any of this is even remotely like a nascent thing <laughs> anywhere. Brian, we are going to be so dead and in the ground. We're going to be dead and in the ground before there's anything even remotely resembling the beginnings of AI. We're going to be dead and in the ground before there's anything remotely resembling an autonomous car network. We're going to be dead and in the ground before all the stuff <laughs> that we're being promised all the time every day. <laughs> Yeah, well, if you read the New York Times, you, that might just be next week. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I stopped reading a lot of that news. Anyway, it's uh, it's a really sobering look at this stuff, and I have to go back to the the radiologists who we've been dissing and say, <laughs> "Yeah, sorry guys, you're right. This shit ain't nowhere near where it's going to be, except unless you're a pigeon." Yeah, that one. That one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm also I'm like halfway through this one. And okay. I just wanted to bring it up. Uh, it's Last Tango in Cyberspace by Stephen Kotler. Mm-hmm. Stephen Kotler's not really a big fiction guy. So I thought this book was going to be more of his other stuff, you know, just, uh, you know, making humanity better type of thing. Because he was big into flow for a long time. And he's written a lot of nonfiction books that are, you know, pretty well respected. Right. And so when I when I got this one, I got this one as like a pre-release from somebody ages ago, the audio book, and I hadn't gone back and listened to it. So I finally did it last night because I couldn't sleep because of mm, migraines. And I pop it on. I'm like, this sounds like an audio book. His books usually aren't like this. They're characters. What the hell? And then I'm like, oh, it's a novel. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's a techno thriller. Is what All I'm right. It. it is very, very reminiscent at the beginning of uh, Case Pollard and the Big End Trilogy from William Gibson. Mm-hmm. Three of my favorite books. Well, one of my all-time favorite books, Pattern Recognition, and two of my, yeah, they made maybe <laughs> the top 30, but uh, Pattern Recognition is right up there. So there's a lot of this stuff in there. Like, yeah, you know, Case Pollard was a cool hunter in Pattern Recognition. Mm-hmm. The main character in here, Lion Zorn, oh, he's God. kind of an... what a he's, name. He's, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they talk about it at the beginning, but... Um, He's an empathy tracker, so he's had augmentation to his mind, so he can he basically traces empathy, mm-hmm. and he uses that to basically figure out if something's going to be a thing or not. So his job is to walk into a room and say yes or no <laughs> if something is going to be a thing, which is exactly what Case did in Pattern Recognition. Like, here's a logo. Is it good or is it, it yes or no? She yeah. say yes or no. Um, but it goes into designer drugs, and it's it's basically, you know, two days past tomorrow type of sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. I made the mistake of going over to Goodreads 
and seeing the slew of one star reviews. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> but uh I I think that they're wrong because I I think that these are a lot of people that were looking for a regular Stephen Kotler book and well, were keep surprised in mind, though, by coming to a novel. Keep in mind the fun thing about a novel is it can be ruined in the last couple pages. It all depends on how he ends it. Here's the funny thing. Everybody said that the middle of the book is what sucked, and everybody liked the beginning and the end. Oh, okay. So I'm walking into the middle of the book now, so maybe I'll maybe I'll have the same same reaction. But for the most part, at the beginning, I'm really enjoying it. So it might it's it's a maybe for me on All right. Last Tango in <laughs> Cyberspace. And uh my next book up, not very techy, little political. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it here. Uh Stephen Hassan, a mm-hmm. guy I know. Uh, sent us a copy of his new book called The Cult of Trump. A leading cult expert explains how the president uses mind control. (laughs) Stephen's no joke. He is a cult expert. Mm -hmm. And uh, I read the first or listened to the first hour of it and had to turn it off because I was starting to get the PTSDs. But uh, yeah, if you're into that kind of thing, if you're into cults and mind, you know, mind control, it might be a book for you. Um, I'll have a, a short review for it at some point because, you know, trying not to get political here because even <laughs> I get annoyed when I listen to tech shows now and they talk politics. So well, I will save do? it to you. I'll, I'll give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I, I, I think I could not read this right now much in the same way that I had to take a break from watching Breaking Bad when I had my skin cancer episode because one cannot oh, yeah. watch something about cancer when one is dealing with cancer. Uh, I will have to wait until after this administration is gone to read anything like this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it could be one or five years. We'll figure that out later. Please, God. Could be a couple months. <laughs> moron of the week. My moron of the week is SpaceX. Oh, boy. We're, we root for you so much. We root for you very much. It is not Elon Musk who is my moron of the week, but SpaceX. All right. I found this over at Business Insider. It's called Inside the Awkward, Tense, and Heated Private Meeting Between Elon Musk and Texans, whom SpaceX is trying to buy out to fully realize its vision to reach Mars. (gasps) Brevity in a title, my man. Brevity, (laughs) please. Uh, This is the story of what's going on in Boca Chica Village which is a small neighborhood right next to where the big giant stainless steel dildo that uh, Elon has built out in Texas (laughs) that is supposed to take people to Mars is housed. And turns out that they basically need to buy out the town because the the FAA has said, yeah, these guys are way too damn close to the launch pad. It's like a mile and a half from the launch launch pad. And even when NASA was doing shuttle launches, you had to be at least three miles away. Yeah. Not not like if that rocket went sideways, you were going <laughs> to be able to run at all. But anyway, my moron of the week here is SpaceX, their, their main team that picked the location for this because they should have seen this coming. If yes, there are people there, and I feel bad for the people that live there because it's mainly a retirement community. It's like 10 to 20 homes. Well, maybe they figured they'd just all turn off their hearing aids. Yeah, well, they burned to death because the rocket blew up. <laughs> okay, they were they did have a plan at one point to shuttle them back and forth to hotels like twenty oh, miles Jesus. away. Jesus, what? That's stupid. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, we're gonna we're gonna take you to a hotel twenty miles away, and you can watch the launch on TV and see if we destroy your home. <laughs> Great idea, fantastic. I love it. Sign me up. Well, the thing about it is the the uh, they they've come in with these you know notice to relocate things and say that you know this is a non-negotiable offer we're giving you three times appraisal now get the fuck out right and they're not taking into account that some of these people these are their dream homes that they've been building for their whole life so they can retire in their custom built properties right you know just by doing you know getting the comps for the neighborhood and looking at whatever they're getting screwed and that's they're saying as much right and the fact that you know the notices they get from spacex say non-negotiable Mm-hmm. Well, they had a meeting with Elon Musk after his big press conference, which they they conveniently moved all of the townspeople away from the microphone for and put him in a room somewhere <laughs> where, where after you know they met with Elon after the whole Q&A and they were pissed off. They're like, well, we would have liked to ask some questions, too. <laughs> Insane. Like, what the hell are you people doing? Severely bad optics. Very. Oh, very my bad. God. It's terrible. It's like, come on, guys. It's your SpaceX, you yes. know? do things right do things right there's 20 houses here you know even if you even if you bought them out for 10 times the amount of the house from what was it boca chica i mean (laughs) even if you gave each person a million dollars that's 20 million dollars that's a drop in the bucket this one engine that you know 
didn't go through Q&A right. Come on. Right. <laughs> so it was funny where they asked, like, hey, can we get a free Tesla thrown in? And Elon's <laughs> like, look, man, I'm the CEO and I, can- I still have to pay for him. But, so <laughs> at least it, it sounded like Elon was trying to do what he could do. And he was. it sounds like everybody was exhausted at this meeting. But it was an interesting read and it's something I hadn't been following before. Right. But uh, yeah. Whoever is running this entire program at SpaceX is definitely my moron of the week. Agreed. Feedback loop. Over on Patreon, we have no new subscribers. But over at PayPal, we have Michael, Linda, Art, and Chris. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. Over on Twitter, David writes regarding Instagram hate on episode 371. Try 500 pics for photocentric social media. I'm following a number of photographers I like there. Yeah, I used to have an account there. Uh, there was there was a reason I stopped using them, and I think it was basically because uh, their export sucked. So There you go. Yep. I need export. <laughs> That's it. And Bear writes, and does Brian need one of these yet? And this is the video for the father and son podcasting microphone that was on SNL this week. It was very cute. Everybody in the world has sent it. But uh, (laughs) yes, it was a very funny little bit. All right. And Bona2443640, who still has zero followers, has come around to me, apparently. He says, Brian, I think you won me over with your disgust on canceling Sirius. That shit gave me PTSD. Stay grumpy. All right, Brian, you're moving the needle. Moving the needle, buddy. Next That's thing you know, right. Bonnet is going to be donating. <laughs> don't don't get your hopes up there. <laughs> Third in command writes in, what the actual fuck? Stalker found celebrity by studying the reflections of her pupils in photos. And this comes from Japan. Yes, a man has been arrested in Japan on suspicion of stalking a pop star by studying the reflections of her pupils in photos she shared on social media and using Google Street View to find out where she lived. So he was able to basically blow up the high-resolution images that she posted and used all of that to figure out her apartment, where she worked, where she lived, and then he attacked her. So I want to know what service he's using, because obviously she's not posting to Instagram, because those things yeah. don't scale. Nope. So I have no idea where she was posting, and uh, probably some you know crazy raw Japanese service where you can post 40 megapixels, mm-hmm. because if you're looking at the reflections in the, in the pupils, that's going to be... You need some resolution for that. Yeah. It's interesting, though, that it's actually happened now in the real world, because we remember we had talked about like people taking high res photos could actually like you could pull somebody's fingerprints from it. Yeah. Yeah. They even mentioned that in the article. Um, The first one we talked about was uh, the Chaos Computer Club did it. I think it was back in 2015. Yeah. And you could basically sit somewhere with a DSLR. If somebody holds up their hand, you can take a high enough resolution picture to pull the fingerprints. And I, I mean, these things are crazy. I've got a nikon d810 and yesterday i was out in my yard and there was a hawk like five houses down on the top of a hundred foot tree and i wanted (laughs) to see how big it was and i took a picture of it zoomed all the way in and got a pretty good shot of it i think it's like you know 30 some megapixel sensor on it and i mean you can see detail that is incredible with these things so yeah doesn't surprise me that uh if she's posting super high-res photos yeah that, that you could pick that stuff up There you go. Over at GOG.show, Grant writes in, congrats on securing your website with an SSL cert. Let's Encrypt is one of the best things to happen to the internet since you guys. Stay grumpy. Thank you, Grant. Yes, that was a nice side effect of moving over to our friends at Mm WordPress.com. TJ writes in, you're using an escalator wrong, was channel hopping, and found a rerun of this. Uh, Strange sentence, but uh, he's got a couple links here. One is eaten by an escalator, man. Machines bite back. <laughs> and uh, he said a few scary ones, a sad fatality, and a nomination for more on of the week. And the next one is 10 pints. Freddie said he regrets nailing his nuts on the tube escalator. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pass on looking at either of these. I get tripped out by escalator things. So I, I, I want, I looked at them. Very funny. Okay. Yeah. I've, very I, painful, but very funny. <laughs> I've seen the one where the woman died before, and I don't want to ever see that again, so I'm good. I'm good. But the links will be in the show notes if you're into that kind of thing. All right. There you go. Tony writes in, and I have to admit, I think I'm going to need some clarification from Tony on this. Just listen to your cast echo chamber, and I felt compelled to write you guys immediately. I'm a 49-year-old man, father of two young 10-year-olds. I have worn many hats in my life from management to business owner, and I hold a commercial driver's license. That said, I currently drive for Uber as I transition to my next phase. Now, here's where I'm going to need some clarification, or maybe, Jason, you'll understand this. Mm -hmm. For you to say Ubers are basically tape mobiles is rude and extremely offensive to me. Okay, I'll stop you right there. Okay. 
For you guys to say Ubers are basically rape mobiles is rude and extremely offensive. Oh, spell yep. check. <laughs> well, no, tape or is something. actually spelled properly. Yes. Well, yeah, I don't know what. Okay, yes. rape mobiles is rude and extremely offensive to me. I hate blanket statements and 100%. I'd appreciate a response. Love the show, but this bit leaves me shaking my head. Well, since the phrase is apparently rape mobiles, I'm guessing that was Jason's. Oh, probably, but I, 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 <laughs> guessing, I, I'm sure you chimed in on the positive. For I'm that sure one. I did. Well, I don't believe we just said, the, uh, I'm sure we didn't say it, all Uber drivers, but we've been banging our heads and yelling and screaming about the lack of, of, uh, over, of oversight and the lack of background checks. And Uber is getting better at that. But until they, they didn't, they were bad for a long time. Right. But this yeah. is in response to when we were talking about the security oversight that they have at Uber and the people who are in charge of taking the complaints from people who have been raped Yes, in Ubers. And it is, you know, it's a problem. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, granted, it's called hyperbole. Sorry. <laughs> um, it's a show, man. Come on. We're trying to. I was going to say we're trying to lighten the mood, but that doesn't really lighten the mood. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about rape mobiles and the scourge of our women. Okay. Yeah. No, there's there's just a lot of rapes and Ubers and lifts and taxis. But yes. it seems that my, my big problem is the fact that Uber has a division of people who are supposed to be tasked with customer safety and all they care about is protecting the yeah. company. They're They're more covering it up than anything else. Yeah. Since they're not allowed to even call the police. So. And Quibble writes in, I'm drunk on wine and fuck Tim Cook. Great show today. Smiley face. Blizzard 2. Doesn't matter. They eased up some. Still seems really lame. It's like canvas bags meet loot boxes. I'm sorry. It's not funny. And it's a lot worse than loot boxes. I never thought Apple sending Tencent all my URLs by default would ever be a thing. Last post. Pinky swears. (laughs) Thank you, Quibble. I'm glad you are having a good night. Do believe he passed out after that one because it was his last post. (laughs) Yeah. Hefe Seen My Shoe sent us a link to the Casa Smart Wi-Fi light switch slash dimmer. And he says, not sure how it works with the Hue light bulbs, but if you watch the Magic Show GIF at the bottom of the page, the dimmer appears to adjust on the switch in accordance with the app. I have the regular switch and it's a button switch that sits on a single position, so there is no discernible difference between on and off, with exception of the light being on and off. Also, this works with the Eero mesh network to ID the 2.4 gigahertz signal automatically with... Where with other brands, cough, cough, Wemo, I had to do a bunch of tomfoolery to get it to work. Great show. Keep doing what you're doing. Are you going to pick this one up? I'm thinking about it. It does seem to do what would need to be done. I need to, you know, show it to the wife first and say, what do you think? Okay. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Barrett writes in, pump up the volume doesn't have legs. Rewatched it about a year ago and it's cringe inducing. Well, thank you. Saved me a watch. They should redo it as a, as a, as a young podcaster. Oh, my God. Yeah, except, <laughs> except podcasting isn't even going to be a thing soon. <laughs> so you got to find something new. Yeah. Oh, my God. Fa- Pump up the TikTok. <laughs> Fasha writes in, hey, Grumps, I just listened to episode 383. Many thanks for the tip on the Dead Can Dance group. Your previous recommendation was quite good as well. The church. I enjoy the witty banter. Was it just me or my early commute this morning? I thought I heard some sound issues. Sounds like feedback, statics, blips. In any case, longtime listener and Patreon contributor, stay on the grumpy side of life. Yeah, that was an issue with me using an old laptop and there was a bad connection. So I cut out almost all of them, but there were some that I had to unfortunately leave in. And I was too sick to do ADR on it, which is what I would (laughs) normally do. I tried and it's like, no, (laughs) it's like. My head was so stuffy. The the it was better to have a buzz and a bleep than it was me to redo those. And I had to keep some of the bits. But I trust me, I cut out about ten minutes of those. So <laughs> it was uh, just a yeah bad connection on an old laptop because unfortunately I was having technical issues. Sorry about that. All apologies. Project Princess writes in. Hi guys, I purchased a few domains on hover.com/gog. All right, that's what I like to hear. Project Princess. Now I want to create a web page using one of them. Which web host would you suggest? I think it's HostGator, and I've searched your site but cannot find it. Please help. It is not HostGator. It is definitely not HostGator. No, that would be another show that I used to work for. Uh, not this one. HostGator has never paid grumpy old geeks, so uh, no. Oh, I personally like NodeHost if you have some technical chops. Uh, it does take a little bit of technical chops to get it up and running if you want to build like a WordPress site or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also use NodeHost for my one remaining site. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I recommend if you need the the easy stuff done for you, WordPress.com is what we moved 
uh, GOG.show over to. Um, I, I, I can't in good conscience recommend Squarespace because it still isn't an unintuitive clusterfuck. <laughs> but, uh, well, anybody out there who's still building sites, uh, shoot, us, shoot us some recommendations for uh, Project Princess here because, I mean, everything that I've got basically boils down to go get a node host account and figure it out. But because it's cheap and fucking amazing service, and we love those guys, Anthony and and Node Host are on my my top list of best places to host a website. Agreed. And Exalted God writes us some scoot scoot news here. Wanted to drop this your way. There was a private security researcher that reviewed the Bird Scooter mobile application. Link to the app analyst. Beyond the number of poor security designs, and to make this more hilarious, someone created a script based on this article that will ring any scooter in any given radius. So, and this is the link to GitHub, the Bird Whisperer. Uh, going back to the app analysis, um, yeah, so he sent this to Bird. He made them aware of the issues found on October 2nd, and they will not trigger any new changes based on the findings. He said it's generally a safe application, but basically there's just not a lot of security built into it. You could track people if you knew what you were doing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Yeah, figures. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> figures. Oh, man. Over at iTunes, Brian with a Y says, Grumps Not Chumps. This is a five-star. I look forward to each episode. These guys are an excellent addition to your podcast lineup. The show is well-organized and prepared. Brian with a Y or an I and Jason Tackle. It's with an I. Tackle news like true grumpy old men because they are. I'm glad I found this show and will continue to listen as long as they stay on. Stay grumpy. Thank you so much. And Charlie X5 also gave us a five-star rate rating. Transplant from JHS. I'm assuming that's the Jordan Harbinger show. Yep. Missed, missed hearing Jason talk on Feedback Friday, so I decided to check this out. Man, am I glad I did. Useful, easily di- digestible tech news. And these old geeks are kind of funny, too. Jason? Uh, well, I- I'm going to let you take this one, Brian. I don't do it with the panache that you do. Well, I, I'm I'm kind of wondering about Charlie here. I I still do Feedback Friday with Jordan, unless they're having me record it and then they cut me out. <laughs> <laughs> You've been editing it out, Jason. <laughs> hey, man, the check's still clear. So <laughs> I, if they want to pay me for doing nothing, I'm down for it. But uh, no, I, I have not missed a Feedback Friday, except for when they have a guest come in. But even then, I still do those and I do all the ads on the show. So you should still hear me. But either way. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Go. We're glad to have you. And if you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five star and a snarky review. Feedback loop. My closing shout out of the week is to Vix Rub, back from the 70s. Oh, I love you so much. Slather it on and sleep like a baby. But just wear a T-shirt that you don't care about because I forgot it. It is the ruiner of good T-shirts. But anyway, man, if you got a cold, Vix Vapo Rub is the shiznit. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. and I'm Brian Schillmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air. Go to Patreon.com/GOG. Toss us a few bucks and we'll love you forever. If you don't like Patreon but still want to support the show, you can give a one-time or recurring donation by just going to GOG.show and clicking the PayPal button. Your support really keeps us going, and we really appreciate it. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 385. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy.